Talk Recorded live. Welcome here to Seattle Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and it has been a while since I have been on the air. It feels good to be back on the air, and uh, a lot of things have been happening over these past couple months, haven't it? I mean, first of all, we've got the Mariners who are pretty, they're doing pretty good so far. They're only two games back of 500, had a really tough series against the Blue Jays, but not, but a really good homestand. Um, we're 91 days away from the opening of Seahawks football, and, you know, everything seems to be good in the sports world. Congratulations, by the way, to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who just won their fifth Stanley Cup and have won back-to-back Stanley Cups now. Um, and I was actually cheering for uh, Pittsburgh because, first of all, I cannot stand Nashville. Can't stand them at all. Um, I think what they... Uh, what they do, their fans in, in perspective, what, they, what their fans do with the catfish is idiotic. I mean, th- th- this is my take. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of the sports later, but uh, uh, this is my take on it. First of all, catfish are not for throwing onto the ice. They are for eating. You eat the dang catfish. You don't throw them onto the freaking ice. I mean, I, it's, it's only logical. You don't... I mean, why waste a perfectly good catfish? You know? That doesn't make a lick of sense for me. Not one bit. But, um, but again, uh, I will say this, though. Uh, what, first of all, what I was going to be talking about, uh, was I was actually going to be getting into both the, the NHL and the NBA playoffs first off. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Colin Kaepernick Seahawks thing. There's been a lot of talk about that, and I'm going to put and, – and here's the thing. I'm going to put this whole Colin Kaepernick thing to rest. I'm going to tell you people, exa- in, in, in my opinion and my thoughts on why Colin Kaepernick is not, is not a member of the Seattle Seahawks. And then uh, finally, I'm, of course, I'm going to get into the Mariners baseball, of course. But uh, let's go ahead and talk NBA and NHL playoffs. First of all – the drama of the NHL playoffs has just captured everyone captured everyone's attention this year. Um, but whereas the drama of the NBA playoffs did not even want has not captured. I mean, first of all, who didn't see the Cavalier, the Cavaliers and the Warriors facing off in a third straight final? I mean, is it just me? I truly saw the Cavaliers and the Warriors in the finals this year. 
I'm not even a basketball guy. Not one bit. And I'm going to say this, it, it gets boring. It gets really boring. And to me, the NBA is boring. I mean, if you if if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, you can go ahead and say I'm wrong. I don't really care. I truly don't care if people say I'm wrong or people say that I have a bad opinion about it. Uh, but what I do what I do care is 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 good entertainment. I love good entertainment. And the NBA playoffs have not been entertaining. Fact of the matter is, is that this 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 brings me to a really interesting topic. People, I, I've it was during Game Five that I saw a lot of these tweets come up. But people have said that the NBA is rigged. You know what? I'm going to say this. With what I saw, I actually watched a little bit of the NBA playoffs. I don't watch basketball, but I did watch a little bit of it. I think the refs want to get this to a Game Seven. The refs want to do everything they can to get this to a game seven. I honestly believe it, and I think it's and I think it's more easier to say that that the NBA is more rigged. I mean, people would say, "Oh, what about soccer? What about the NH? What about the NFL?" Quite frankly, enough, uh, the NFL could be a very good could be one sport that's being fixed. Soccer, of course, is definitely a sport. That's truly easy to fix. I mean, that's a sport where so many people have said, oh, this this was BS, you know, the, the refs did this, the refs didn't call that. Uh, and let's not mention the, 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 the so, so many missed handballs in soccer, you know? And the fact is, is that with... Uh, and uh, I'm just also reading that uh, uh, Sidney Crosby has won back-to-back uh, MVPs, uh, wins the Con Smith Trophy. But uh, here's the thing. I mean, the NBA, to me, is a joke. It's a joke. Because here's the, th- here's the thing. Um, when it comes to basketball... Right now, people will only bring up two things, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Nobody will bring up the Utah Jazz. Nobody will bring up the the Portland Trail Bridge. No one will bring up the Chicago Bulls. I mean, people will bring up the New York Knicks, but it's only to point and laugh at them. To me, the NBA is, is currently... I mean... I'll I'll say this: nineteen million fa- nineteen million people watched the game four of the NBA Finals. Nineteen point five million people actually watched the 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 Comey the, the the Comey trial or whatever it was. First of all, I will say this: if you if nineteen and a half million people actually watched the Comey thing, that's nineteen and nineteen and a half million people who have no lives. If you're that bored and you honestly want to watch politics for. For what three hours? That's your business. <laughs> but I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, it's it's pathetic because 
everybody knew that the everybody knew that this uh that this NBA finals was going to be a tell me a um uh, whoops and something's went wrong here sorry about this and uh all right so i think i got it uh but the one thing that i do believe Oh, boy. And something's gone wrong here. Hang on a second. Let me go ahead and fix this really quick. All right. So something's gone wrong here. All right, there we go. I got everything back now. Okay, so something something just happened. I I, I apologize for that, but uh, getting back to what I was saying, uh, the the NBA again is a joke. It is, and it's it's a joke for a good reason because again, no one no one talks about any, no one wants to talk about anything but the nobody wants to talk about anything but. Uh, but the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. They want to talk about KD. They want to talk about LeBron. I mean, I'm going to say this. It's kind of ridiculous. Because, to me, right now, the NBA is... I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think we're going to be seeing five straight years of nothing but Cavaliers and, and Golden State Warriors finals. I don't see. I, I really don't see the, uh, the the Boston Celtics making any making anything happen for a while. I don't see uh, the San Antonio Spurs making anything happen. That's just my take. Um, getting back to what I was saying, and what was I saying? I got to, I got a little distracted here, but. Um, It was, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, so here's what I was going to say before I got onto the subject, but uh, let's go ahead and talk the Colin Kaepernick thing. People have been talking about this now for God knows how long. People have been saying, you know, Colin Kaepernick is, you know, he deserves to have a team. Uh, Some people say that he doesn't deserve to have a team. And others say he's being mistreated by the NFL. Some say that he's being treated just as fairly. There's two sides to there's two sides of this Colin Kaepernick thing and it's not gonna and it's not gonna end well for any side. But this is my take on Colin Kaepernick. Um let's go ahead and look up his stats really quickly. And and people say that Colin Kaepernick is a good quarterback. I got news for you. Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback. I don't care what the hell you say, there is just no. He's not a good quarterback. I've been saying this for so long, but 
if the 49ers would have used or would have used uh Alex Smith in the playoffs in the Super Bowl <laughs> I tell you one thing they're looking at they're looking at hoisting up that Lombardi trophy And let's go ahead and look at Colin. And and people say that, oh, what about last year? You know, he did so well. He had a ninety, he had a ninety point seven QB rating. He had a, he had sixteen touchdowns and only four interceptions. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. All right, bottom line. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. Now I'll say this. If you Colin Kaepernick has only had two seasons or three seasons where he's had a 90 or above QB ratings. The rest is uh, we're not going to count his first season, but the other two years he's had a 70, 78.5 QB rating and 86.4 rating. And the season where he had an 86.4 was where he acts where he led the team to uh, the Super Bowl. Now. Or no, 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 that wasn't the year that he led him to the Super Bowl, excuse me. Um, now, uh, Sean King decided to post something very irrational the other day on Twitter. And he was saying that he is boycotting the NFL. He's boycotting the NFL uh, due to its anti-blackness. And if you don't know, uh, uh, Sean King is an American writer and a civil rights activist. Um, he's uh, he's noted uh, for using a lot of is using social media to promote religious, uh, charitable, and social causes, including Black Lives Matter. But in this case, I'm going to tell you this: Sean King is dead wrong. And what I mean by dead wrong is Sean King. You are a complete and utter moron for saying that the NFL is anti-black. And the reason why I say that is nearly 80% of the NFL players are African American. I mean, how can you say how can you say that a league is anti-black? When most of its when most of its employees are African American, and then he goes into saying that uh, because of he, this is what he actually said. Let me go ahead and look up. The, let me go ahead and get up this article real quick. Uh, uh, so yeah. So uh, all right. So this is what he said. Uh, Sean King announced that he is going to be uh, boycotting the air, or NFL over its blatant bigotry, its, quote, Trump pro, unquote, owners, and its anti-blackness. Now, I'm going to say this. First of all, who the hell gives a, who the hell gives a rat's fart if, the, if, if most of the owners are pro-Trump? That has nothing to do with anything. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. Second off, um, 
blatant bigotry? I got a news flash for you, Sean King. Most of the players that are in the NFL who do crimes usually get off on it. Adrian Peterson, for God's sakes, he got away with the case. He got away with his child abuse cases. There are so many players in the NFL who who think that they are innocent. Some some players, a lot of actually, let me go ahead and put this out there. Uh, Sebastian Telfair just got arrested today for uh, having a lot of guns on him and marijuana. I'm going to say this: athletes today, <clears throat> athletes today. Um, and we actually have a caller. Matt, is that you? Yeah. Oh, there you are. How you uh, we got uh, Matt here on the phone. And Matt, it's it's good to have you on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. And Matt, what I was just talking about was, uh, I don't know if you heard me, but Sean King, who is an activist leader, a civil rights activist leader, is boycotting the NFL over its, quote, blatant bigotry, unquote, mm. quote, pro-Trump, unquote, owners and it's quote anti-blackness unquote mm-hmm. now 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 i was just saying this first of all the fact that that most of the owners are pro-trump has absolutely nothing to do with that that that, mm-hmm. that, that, that that's absolutely ridiculous to say mm-hmm. and then blatant bigotry is out of the question as well and also anti-blackness um when mostly 80% of the athletes that are playing in the NFL are African-American, it, that's a pretty idiotic comment to make. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I want your take. I mean, first of all, and he's, and he's doing this because Colin Kaepernick does not have a job. And I want <laughs> you, and I'd like your take on this. I mean, what's your take on, you know, him boycotting the NFL over – over those three uh, individual topics that he said. Well, you know what? To, to, to be honest with you, I don't really, I don't know too much about Sean King other than kind of what I see on the internet here and there. But uh, so, I, you know, I really, you know, sometimes you get these guys that I don't know if you'd call them celebrities or internet celebrities, activists, you know, however they want to label themselves, but. You know, if if someone comes on saying they're going to boycott this or that because of you know whatever reason, I I let them do it. I could care less, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would and, and people. I was actually going to give my thoughts on this on Colin Kaepernick, and and here's my thought on Colin Kaepernick and why he doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. First, of all, when the when there are 32 teams in the NFL when only one team in the NFL, which are, which was the Seahawks, gives you a tryout that tells you something. Because for you to be a quarterback of – and I'm going to say this. He's a good talent. He's a talented quarterback. I, I hate to say it. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, but he's, but he's mm-hmm. pretty decent. But for the, for the Cleveland Browns to pass on you and not even, not even throw a contract, into your face the first day of of the NFL free agency as soon as it opened up. That's pretty pathetic. Mm-hmm. And there was a money issue. People say that, oh no, there wasn't a money issue. There's no contract. Let me get it. Let me get. Let me just tell everybody out there. 
plain and simple. There was a money issue. Plain and simple because for call, again, when 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 a team offers you a chance to come and work out for them, they're guaranteed they're going to offer you a contract. They're going to have you look it over. And Colin Kaepernick probably looked at it and said, no, 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 no. This is not the money that I want. I want this type of money. But he needs to understand this. He's 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 a backup right now. He's nothing more than a backup, if, and he's got to play that backup role if he wanted to be on the Seahawks. And another, th- and the biggest reason of why Colin Kaepernick does not have a job is because he did something that no other player has, I don't think, has done in this league, and that is to bring a politics into the sport. You, absolutely, I mean. Yes, this country was found on the right to protest and the right to the right to free speech, but because of how Colin Kaepernick decided to do his little protest, the 49ers got looked at tremendously badly. Their fans were burning Colin Kaepernick jerseys. People were calling him non-American. People were, you know, calling after his head. And I will say this: I didn't appreciate it. I don't. I don't. I didn't find his peaceful protest one bit uh, appropriate because I've I was always taught to stand up for stand up and put your hand over your heart when the when the flag comes out for the national anthem. You don't sit. You don't kneel. And when Jeremy Lane sat last year, that even ticked me off even more. But you didn't see him doing the next game because I guarantee you this: John Schneider and Pete Carroll came up to him and said, "You do that again, you're pink slipped." And that, that's an, that's the big reason of why no one wants Kaepernick because of the media attention that has been strung with Kaepernick. Everything Kaepernick does, the media is on him. If he blows his nose, the media is on it. Teams do not want that type of media that type of media attention or that type of media coverage. They do not want that type a political media coverage. Politics and sports do not mix. That's the big thing that, that is the main reason of why Colin Kaepernick is sitting on his butt at home with no job. And, and Matt, and, and you know, I'd, I'd like your take on this. I mean, I mean, do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? I mean, I'd like your opinion on this just as much as anybody else's. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I think you make a lot of really good points. In, um, in terms of Kaepernick coming to Seattle, I, I look at it like this. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us Seahawks fans have a lot of faith in, in Pete and John and what they're doing, the team they've built. Their, their track record really speaks for itself. So, you know, when you, when you bring in a guy like Kaepernick, there's, there's a couple things you're looking at. Um, number one really is cost. And I don't know. We we have a quarterback in Russell Wilson who hasn't missed a game in five years. So that track record's pretty solid. Are you going to bring in a guy? Do you want to pay a lot of money for a guy where, granted, you can pay a lot of money for him. On top of that, you can have potential locker room issues, social media issues. These are all things that uh, you kind of got to weigh and judge. And I, I don't know everything. I'm just a fan, but. You know, at the end of the day, I uh, I got a lot of faith in what John and Pete have built and what they're doing, and so I'll stand by him with that. 
I think a lot of fans would agree with that. Hey, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, again, you know, teams, when they, come, when they come into the locker room, when they come to play football, they don't focus on social issues. They focus on what's going on in the field. They don't bring social issues onto the field. They don't bring uh, family matters onto the field. They don't, bring, they don't bring any of their problems or any social problems to the field. They, bring, they, they come onto the field. They're focused. They want, and their focus right there is in the game. Once they leave the field, then that's the time to go on social media and talk about what's been bugging them or what's bothering them in, so, you know, in social and everything, and everything. But when it comes to playing on the field, you, you, you leave everything that is bothering you outside the stadium. And I'll give a good example of how politics should not be uh, brought into sports. And, it, and I got really upset at this, but uh, I believe it was on opening day in the Washington Nationals, and some people decided to hold up an uh, impeached Trump sign. First of all, Get over yourselves. Seriously, people, just just get over yourselves with in this impeach Trump, with this resist Trump. It's not going to work. He's the president. He's going to be the president until they possibly impeach him. You you saying to impeach him is not going to help. If he is a bad president, our government will take care of it. If not, we've got three and a half years of it left, so just shut up and deal with it. That's basically what I would like to do. Another thing is, just leave that type of pol- political garbage outside of sports. When I go to a baseball game or when I go to any sporting event, I'm not looking to talk about Trump. I'm not looking to talk about uh, Comey. I'm not lo- looking to talk about any political situation or any political uh, any any politics whatsoever. If you want to talk to me then we're going to talk sports. We will not talk anything else at a sporting event but sports. If you want to talk to me about politics outside the, outside the stadium, perfect. I don't mind talking about politics. I could, talk, I could talk a lot of politics a lot. I mean, people on social media say that I don't know politics. If you actually met me and you heard my opinion, you'd, you'd be surprised at just what I know. But... That's not my ex- that's not my area of expertise. So that's why on Twitter I'm not a political that's why I'm not a political tweeter. When it comes to the point to where I actually know something and I actually would like to comment on something political wise and I and I actually am very knowledgeable about it, sure. I'll give my I'll give my two cents about that, but I mostly tweet about sports because that's my area of expertise. And Matt here posted a tweet which I found mildly humorous. Um, that there should be a a uh, different Twitter account or different Twitter site to where people can go and talk about politics on there <laughs> and not cloud up everyone's timeline. And I love you, Matt, for tweeting that, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, again, you know, politics and sports, it, again, it just doesn't mix. And that's the big – and that's – and people want to say that uh, – and Sean King was saying that that Colin Kaepernick is being is uh, the NFL is basically not giving Colin Kaepernick a chance. They're not seeing Colin Kaepernick fairly. They're not treating Colin Kaepernick fairly. And I got news for you: the NFL is treating Colin Kaepernick perfectly. 
Everybody else is treating Colin Kaepernick perfectly. If you get racial, that's not perfect. I've seen people get racial, and I've seen people insult him racially, and that's not cool. I don't approve of any of that. Now, if you want to go out and say that he's that he's un-American, that's your right to say it. I mean, I I haven't said he's un-American. I just said he, I just called him a complete asshat for not standing up during the flag, because I thought it was very disrespectful. But don't but don't but don't get into uh, race race or religion or anything because I've seen I've seen the the Twitter comments about it. I've seen Twitter comments uh, get into race and religion with him. That's not cool. The reason why I say that Colin Kaepernick is being treated fairly by the NFL is because what Colin Kaepernick did was the wrong way to do it. If you look at what the Seahawks did last year, hooking arm in arm, that wasn't a pro- – I will say this. Out of all the protests that I've seen and out of all the social uh, problems that we've been seeing with all the racial diversity, that was the most – that was one of the best peaceful protests I've seen. And I approve of that one. But I don't approve of people – of guys kneeling – or actually, you know what? Kneeling isn't as bad as sitting. I'll say that. Kneeling is not as bad as sitting. Sitting, I think, is a little bit worse because it, 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 just, makes you look, it just makes you look like a complete douchebag. Right now, Colin Kaepernick is being treated fairly because of, one, uh, because of this also. People say that Colin Kaepernick is a political uh, uh, prisoner or sufferer. I guarantee you this. He's not a political sufferer. Do you know why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job? Because he did this on his own. This is his fault. This has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. This has nothing to do with anything. What he did was wrong. He should have at least said something first. If he would have said something and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to sit uh, during the national anthem, because I think that what is going on, the injustice, the racial injustice that is going on isn't fair, and I'm going to take a stand. If he would have said that before any of this happened, I don't think that, I think that Colin Kaepernick would still have a job. But another thing is this, Colin Kaepernick was asked to leave. He said, I wanted out of Wanted out of San Francisco. He walked away from all that money. Uh, let me go ahead and look this up real quick. Uh, see, what did he sign? I believe it was a... The All right, so in 2004, he signed a six-year contract extension worth up to $126 million, $54 million uh, in potential guaranteed, and $13 million fully guaranteed. Guess what, Kaepernick? You're the idiot. You really are the idiot. You walked away. You're only in your second year of your contract. Now, if you would have... Guess what? The reason why he left was because he's like, oh, man, I'm not the starter anymore. I should be the starter. He was, he's been whining like a big old baby. Acting like a big old baby, throwing a little tantrum, saying, mm, I ain't get my way, so what I'm going to do is leave him. That'll show him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that really showed him. And I guarantee you this, 49er fans, they're not happy. They're, they're, not, they're not one bit sad that you left. 
Because I talked to so many, so many 49er fans who said that that was a waste of a contract. But all Kaepernick had to do was just wait it out. He could have been the starter next year. Easily. The reason why he he was benched in favor of Blaine Gabbert was because of how badly he was playing. It was his own fault. I mean, come on. For crying out loud, dude, you, you, you're in your second year of a $126 million contract. $13 million of it is already yours. And $54 million could have been guaranteed, could have been potentially guaranteed, but you walked away from it. I will say this. If I'm on an NFL team, I lost my starting quarterback position to another quarterback. But I'm, st- I'm thinking this. You know what? I'm going to just train harder. I'm going to work harder to get the starting position back. Do you know why? Because I signed a contract that is going to guarantee the rest of my life. I, I, I've signed a good contract that I'm getting paid good money for. Why walk away from that? I mean, it, it baffles me. People say that, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he got blackballed. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't get blackballed. He walked away. He opt he opt, he opted he opted out of his contract with the 49ers and he and no one wants him because of what he has done. Everything that has happened to Colin Kaepernick and the reason why Colin Kaepernick does not have a job is all on Kaepernick. Everything that has happened to him. Him getting benched, him getting replaced by Blaine Gabbert, him getting the negative uh comments because of his protest and him and him and him not having a job right now is all his fault there is everybody who says that you know he's getting treated unfairly read the read between the lines dummy he walked away he opted out of his contract because he was because he was upset that he lost the starting position there is no, there is no. He he's getting mistreated unfairly. He's get, you know, it, or what Sean King said that it's that it's blatant bigotry. There's not, there's nothing bigotry about him opting out of his contract. Stupid. None whatsoever. Because I mean, let me ask, let me ask Matt this, Matt. If you were Colin Kaepernick, you signed us, you signed a six-year, hundred twenty-six million dollar contract 13 million of it's guaranteed 54 is is potentially guaranteed you lose your starting role in the second year what's your thought process what's my thought process yeah i mean what do you like put yourself in colin kaepernick's shoes Mm -hmm. and you and you're thinking you know i can go and get a better contract from another team Mm -hmm. instead of you know sitting and and trying harder to earn my starting role back instead of focusing on you know social social problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes when you test the market, it can humble you. You know, we saw an um, instance with uh, Cam Chancellor last year and uh, where he was holding out. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can be humbling. Sometimes you can make a lot more money, but uh, it's a risk you take. And, you know, I, I really agree with you on, on a lot of the points you're making when it, when it comes to Kaepernick. And I think one of the big things is that, you know, I, I think it's great. A lot, I think – 
most of us would agree we think it's great when um, you know athletes and celebrities use their platform to promote social issues and issues that are important to them. But really, when it comes to Kaepernick, it was it was how he chose to do that, and I, I think that's what really divides a lot of people. Is you have one side that is happy with what you know he's uh, the social issues he's bringing to light, and the other the other half is upset about how he chose to draw attention to it, and they think they're arguing about the same thing. And and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Kaepernick, but. You know, at the end of the day, you, you reap what you sow. And, you know, if you're creating a lot of ill will, um, you know, within your team, within uh, the NFL, and within social media, you, you can really create this. I mean, this is your brand. And this is how NFL teams have decided to respond to it. It's not, it's not one person. This isn't Roger Goodell blackballing Kaepernick. This is 32 individual teams, some of whom – I mean, you look and you think, gosh, you, someone's going to throw this guy off flyers. And no, really not. And, you know, there's a lot of differences between him and Tim Tebow, but I think there's some some similarities in that, you know, sometimes when you create a little bit of a circus around yourself, a, a lot of organizations aren't really excited to bring you in because they, they don't want that circus. They want this to be about the team. And, and you know, winning games and not necessarily someone trying to promote their political opinions, uh, social issues, their religious ideologies, what have you. And, and I think that's what we're seeing with Colin Kaepernick. It, and, and going back to, like I said, you, you kind of reap what you sow. And this is what we're seeing. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, a lot of players, they're starting to bring in uh, a lot of these social uh Social issues. Uh, here's what Colin Kaepernick said during a post-game interview, explaining his uh, national anthem protest. He said, "Quote: I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. Un- uh, to me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street, and people getting paid leave, uh, getting paid leave, and getting away with murder." Unquote. Now, this is just me, but people do realize that the only reason why there's been so many... I hate to bring in a little bit of politics to this show, but this needs to be said. People do understand that um, most of these... uh, Most of these African-American or colored students or people of different race getting shot by police and, you know, getting murdered... Most of that is drawn up by the media. And, and and I say that because the media will make a big deal about it. I will say this, if a... I will guarantee you this, and I'm not trying to be very racist here, I'm not trying to be racist at all, but if a white guy was to get shot by a cop, doesn't matter what color he is, and it was and it was filmed, guarantee you that's not going to be posted on... that's not going to be posted on to CNN. But if a white cop shoots a black kid, boom, CNN is all over that because it's a race thing. They did the same thing with Rodney King, except Rodney King was a little bit different. I hate to bring that up. But, you know, I truly blame the media for all of this. It's the media's fault that that a lot of, that we are very racially divided country a little bit because 
people look at people look at other people differently because of how the media is is personifying it. And it's truly, and I and again, it's it's the media's fault whether you want to look at it or not. I mean, you can you can come at me and say that I'm an idiot. You can come at me and say that I'm racist. You can come at me and say that you don't know what you're talking about. But you know what? If if you look at it rationally, it, it's it's true. The media the media personifies. Uh, racial crimes. The, I mean, they they jump all over it. They don't care. They don't care about the people who get shot. They don't care about anything. All they care about is the story, and that's the real reason why that this country is is a little bit racially divided. Again, I hate to bring politics into this, but it but it but it is true. If you see it from if you see it from a normal standpoint of view, you don't take a liberal point of view. You don't take a Republican point of view. You don't take a conservative point of view. You just look at it rationally. You will see that it, that that's true. It's it really is the media. They they draw it up and they and they love to get this. They love to get their hands on this stuff because it because it gives them a good story, and that's all they care about. Um, gonna drop that for for now because uh, we gotta get we gotta get off the politics a little bit. But but yeah, I mean Colin Kaepernick, you know, like Matt just said, thirty one teams passed on him. In, or now 32 teams have passed on him, including the Seahawks. And for that to happen, I mean, let's let's look at it from this point of view. Teams who actually need a quarterback, like the Browns, they don't give you, they don't even give you a call. They don't even uh, throw a contract your way in the first day of free agency. They don't, they don't even, again, they don't contact you. That's that's truly sad. There's something wrong with you. There's something very wrong, and, you know, if I am a general manager, I'm going to put myself in John Schneider's point of view, in John Schneider's shoes. This is my take on how I would look at Colin Kaepernick. I'd look at him. I'd, tr- I'd look how he worked out, and you know, you know what I would say? I would say, hey, Colin, guess what? I'd like to offer you a contract, but I have to tell you that you're going to be a backup to Russell, and if you don't mind that, we would love to have you on this team. But here's what I would like to happen. First of all, if you would like to make a, a protest or anything else, you come by me and you tell me so that way we can get it out to the media so that way what happened last year doesn't happen again this year. Because I don't want my team to get stirred up in the mix of all of this political injustice, all this uh, radical justice. I don't want any negative media looking our way. I don't want the media looking... Or talking about us negatively that way. And if you and if you're down for that, good. Let's get to the contract, and this is what I'm going to pay you, because again, I we you have to look at it from my point of view. We've got guys who are going to be free agents this, uh, in a couple years or next year. We got to sign them. This is how much money I'm going to pay you. This is how much I can guarantee you because of the because of the salary cap. We've got to look at our big players first. You're just if you want to sign with us, you're just as important to this team as anybody else. But that's but that is what is going to happen. You're going to be a backup. You're going to do it for less money than you were in San Francisco, very less money than you thought. But it needs to happen so that way all of our other important guys on this team, including yourself, can get paid just as much as anybody else. And that's how I would look at it. I think that's how John Schneider might have looked at it, and I think that's how Pete Carroll looked at it. But what Colin Kaepernick was looking at it is this. I mean, he's look he I, 
Because I guarantee you this, the Seahawks threw a contract at him. The Seahawks are not going to work out Colin Kaepernick and not offer him a contract. They threw a contract down in front of him, and what he saw was this. He, I, 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 I'm not going to say that this is what happened, but this is my thought process of Colin Kaepernick. He looked at it and say, what kind of money is this? I'd like to be getting paid this, this type of money and this type of money and this guaranteed money. I mean, to me, Colin Kaepernick, if you, again, if the Seahawks passed on you, that's pretty bad. Because, again, this was an issue also about money. I don't care what you say. The media may not have reported a contract, but there was definitely there had to be a contract put in front of them. I am willing to bet a lot of money that there was a contract that got put right in front of Colin Kaepernick's face, but he decided that he wasn't going to play for this little this little type of money. He wasn't, or excuse me, he wasn't going to sit for this little little of money. He wanted more money to sit. And I tell you one thing: the, the, the Seahawks have already paid. I've already paid, you know, uh, a $10 million backup, and that was uh, Matt Flynn, if you guys remember. And, you know, we let him go right away, so that way we could free up the money. But that is, but that, but this is what I think really went down. That's what I really think went down. And uh, Matt, since you're still with us, man, I mean, let's let's have your take on this. I mean, do you, I mean, your opinion on what on what happened with Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, I, I'd like your opinion on what you would do if you were John Schneider with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, you you make a lot of really good points. And, you know, at the end of the day, especially when it comes to professional sports, it usually comes down to the money. It's usually about the dollar signs. And it's a business you're running. And, uh, you know, you, you can't pay everyone. So you got to be – you got to really be uh, – specific and particular on, you know, who you want to keep, who you want to build around. And, you know, but, you know, one of the things that uh, really stands out with Kaepernick to me and, you know, if, if you're in a, a management or leadership position, you're, you're doing hiring, you're bringing guys in, you, you really got to ask yourself. And we all ask ourselves when we, we, be, we built, uh, you know, we build new relationships with folks is that is this person's heart really in the game? Uh, are they here? to be a Seattle Seahawk, to be a quarterback, to make this team the best it can be. Do they love this game, it's especially with a sport like football? Because if your head, your heart's not in it 100%, you're going to get yourself hurt. And God forbid you might get someone else hurt. So I think that's a, that's a really big question. Um, it was brought up by, uh, gosh, I don't know if it was another NFL analyst, but um, just going through his Twitter feed. You know, <laughs> that's a big thing now. The first thing a lot of hiring managers do is they, they look at your social media. They, they really see what you're all about. Uh, you know, a 30-minute interview with someone's really uh, not, a, not a great indicator of really who they are as a person. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of loaded questions, loaded answers where, you know, I, and I, I got on his Twitter and, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if his heart's really in the game. Uh, I know physically he can play the game. He's had he's had great moments. Took a team to the Super Bowl, but <laughs> nowadays you, you you look at him and you hear about him. You read stories, and I wonder if he, if he's really all in. And to be honest with you, just from a pan, uh, fan's perspective, I, I really don't want someone in on our team if they're not all in. That's just my take. Hey, I agree with you fully, man. I mean, if you, if your heart's not in the game, what's the point of playing? 
And uh, also getting onto the Seahawks point of view, or Seahawks real quick, uh, we w- I do want to send this. It, it happened a couple weeks ago, but I want to send my deepest condolences uh, to uh, the court, uh, to the Kennedy family. Uh, the Seahawks family lost a dear, dear player at the age of 49 in Cortez Kennedy. And uh, we wish him and his family the best. In uh, this, uh, t- and, you know, it, it did happen a couple weeks ago, but it did, but I mean, it's it's still got to be eating them up. It's still got to be rough on that on that family. And you know, us twelves, we're hurting just as much. We lost we lost a dear friend that day, but uh, we do want to. W- I do want to wish uh, the best for Cortez's Cortez Kennedy's family. And uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that he played with us. He was one of the best to ever play. Uh, getting back on to. The, the Colin Kaepernick thing, you know, just like Matt said, you know, you go da- you go down his uh, Twitter feed and, and you look at his heart's not his heart doesn't really look like it, it wants to play, and you know, he's right. I mean, if 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 I'm a general manager and someone doesn't show the heart or the or or the work ethic to look like they want to they want to play the game, I'm not going to sign him. I would not want to sign him, and, and 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 you know what? It's it's true. People don't want somebody who's who who's not going to have their heart in this game and who's not going to have and whose head is going to be somewhere else when it comes time to play. Nobody wants somebody like that. I mean, I sure as hell wouldn't want somebody like that. It's 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 not something to it's not it's not good for the team, it's not good for the team's chemistry and it's certainly not good for that locker room. The locker room is where it's going to get even worse. And if you have somebody who's just going to bring up, you know, social uh, issues and uh, radical issues like that, you know, I I would not want anybody on my uh, it. it uh, I would not want anybody like that on my team. And I, and I'm looking at some of the some of the comments that Colin Kaepernick has said um, a lot about his political views and his protests. And to be truly honest, you know what? I really I don't think I would really want to have somebody who has that type of a negative outlook on everything on my team as well because it's because I will say this you know for 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 Colin Kaepernick's jersey to become the top selling jersey on the NFL's uh, official shop website just because of what he because of what he did last year that's pathetic that's ridiculous I mean I think a lot of people have uh I know a former NFL MVP boomer uh, uh, Asiya San, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, called Kaepernick's actions an quote an embarrassment. Um, and and you know what it, it it is. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to have a player who um would rather talk politics or rather take a stand against social injustice than have his head in the game. You know, I get that there's a lot of social injustice. I get there's a lot of uh, things that we should protest, but but for but for but for an NFL player, a top a top uh, money making NFL player, to really have his head on just that and not on playing on the field, it is an embarrassment, and it's a total embarrassment, and 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 it's and, it, and it's it's not something that that should be that should be tolerated or. And I and you know what I got to give the uh, 49ers credit. They 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 really escaped on an embarrassment because if they would have had Colin Kaepernick this year, they would have had more embarrassment because he would have still continued to do it. 
Some people have said he's, he wasn't going to he wasn't going to sit this year, or take a knee this year. I guarantee you this, he would have. And you know, again, all these uh, racial issues they they have to stay out of they have to stay out of sports because until it becomes a real real big topic to where it affects the game. Then you can talk about it there in the stadium. Now, where now when players talk about it outside the stadium and on social media, that's fine. I don't mind it whatsoever. That's their right to do it. That's, I mean, if if, uh, I, uh, but I do have this. I do have a little bit of problem with this. I I, I would not like players to wear political statement uh, attire during uh, interviews or during. Uh, you know, whenever the media is around him, I would not. I don't. I don't think that would be a good idea. And I say that because Michael Bennett has been seen wearing Black Lives Matter uh, apparel, uh, t-shirts and hats uh, around the media and everything. And you know, I don't. I don't find that very appropriate. I. I mean, I. I don't mind that he does wear it, but I don't find it appropriate that he wears it around the media. If he would like to wear it where the media is not around him, that's fine. But. Try doing it when the media is not around you, because I don't. I don't think that that that's not something that the media needs to see. The media is there to talk to you. They're not. They're, I mean, yes, they possibly do care about your your protests, but I, I think the media is more interested in you, not what you're wearing. I mean, again, it's it's something that it's something that bug, bugs me a little bit. I mean, a lot. Of, I think I think a couple players do that as well. I know the I know the Bennett brothers are big on that, and again, that's their right. I, I applaud them for their right. I, but, but when it comes to uh, playing, when it comes to when it comes to uh, training camp around the media and also being uh, playing football, I think their their attention needs to be on playing football and focusing on that, not uh, on political or uh, social injustices. It's it's not something that needs to be focused on uh, when the media is talking to you because it, that's something that CNN needs to take care of. It's not something that the sports media needs to take care of. Um, getting on to the last topic of the night, uh, the Seattle Mariners. Let's talk about them. I mean, they've been they've been on fire. I mean, unless you count this last series, and this last series really did upset me. Uh, not because we lost. Not because we lost today, not because we lost the series, but because of the fact that once again, Toronto Blue Jay fans invaded our territory, and it was an away game for the Mariners at home. And it was one of the most. It was one of the most. Every single. This has happened three years in a row. We've. Uh, We've actually lost the, the, the home series to the Toronto Blue Jays for three straight years, but this is three straight years in which they've outnumbered us. Back in 2014, I just remember this, but um, back in 2014 when the Mariners were playing very well, uh, you know, we outnumbered the Canadians back then. We had our fans in that ballpark. And the night of that I went to where we uh, pounded the – the Blue Jays nine to one, thanks to Robinson Cano and Felix Hernandez pitching like the king that he used to be. Um, I believe there was at least thirty-five thousand plus in that stadium, but at least 
uh, twenty to 25,000 fans were Mariner fans. And I was glad that I went to that game where we didn't get outnumbered. But for the last three years now, because the Blue Jays have gotten good, we've been outnumbered between 25,000, 30,000 to, 30, to 10,000. And it's pathetic. It upsets me. And I will say this, yes, I, yes, you're saying, hey, Mike, why didn't you go to the game? Good, good question. First of all, I don't have a job. I don't have a steady income. If I could, I would have, I guarantee you this, if I would, if I had the money, I would have purchased season tickets to the Mariners so that way I could go to games every single game and I could procure a seat. To where I make sure that not one, to, to make sure that that not an extra opponent's fan has a seat, and I would have done this, the same thing with this Blue Jays series. If I could have, I would have gone to each every single one of those games to make sure that an extra Blue Jay fan did not have a seat to sit in. And I know Matt was upset about this, man. And I, I I'd like your take on on the fact that how we've been out now for three straight years. <laughs> yeah, it is a little disheartening, you know, anytime uh, you're watching your home team and the stadium is full of uh, <laughs> the opposing team's fans, it's, it's pretty disheartening. But, um, you know, there's positives and negatives. Um, negatives, like we just mentioned, positive, hey, you got a full house. And, uh, you know, I watch the game on TV. I live down in Arizona, so I don't really get to make it up too much to the games, but it's pretty it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome to see a full house of the safe um unfortunately they weren't all m fans but uh like like you said really it's a numbers game and you know if we could get more more fans in the seats it would make a big difference and uh you know i think a lot of seattleites a lot of a lot of folks up in washington are really missing out because it really is a great stadium it's a real fun team to watch it's great food and uh, I think they're really missing out. But, yeah, yeah, kind of go back to your point. Yeah, it is disheartening. And, you know, it does suck. You don't want to see that. You don't want to go to Yankee Stadium for your Yankee fan and see a bunch of Red Sox fans there. That's not, that's not how you want to be. It's your hometown. It would be awful to go to a Seahawks game and see a bunch of 49er fans in the crowd. <laughs> you know, it's awful. But, um, you know what, really, winning, winning cures everything. And I, I think that's – you know, for your typical fan, they they want to pay and they want to see a, a good product, you know, for their hard-earned money. And I think we're getting there. I think we're on our way. I think we've got a lot of young talent. Uh, this year's really been a little bit of an anomaly with injuries. And i, I got to give a lot of credit to Scott Service and Jerry DePoto. Um, I really think they're doing some great things and going in the right direction. So, you know, hopefully we can put it together and uh, continue to uh, get better as a team so we can – fill those seats with Mariner fans. Exactly. And and, and I'm going to say this, you know, I posted a poll uh, a while ago saying, you know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have, you know, a full Safeco Field Stadium with visitor fans or would you ha- rather see an empty one where, you know, mm-hmm. we band sort of? You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this. I, You know, I've, I've joked about this a lot of times, but we do need to ban we, – we should ban the fans – but you know what? I need to see it from this point of view. The Blue Jay fans, when they come into Seattle, they spend money. They spend money. They spend money at the ballpark. They spend money on 
they spend money uh, for hotel rooms. They spend money on, you know, Uber drivers. They spend money. They spend the money on beer. Let's just let's just go with that. Canadians love their beer. <laughs> they'll they'll spend the money on the beer. They'll spend the money on the food. But, you know, what really disheartened me, and I heard about this, was that the Mariners were selling Blue Jays gear in their team store. And I will say this, that was like a kick in the nuts to me. That, right there, I'm I'm ashamed of whoever did that. Whoever in the mayor's front office decided to say, hey, let's sell Blue Jays gear so that way we make more money. Whoever did that ought to be fired. That was the most, I think that was the most dis, I can't even find the words to describe it. It was, it, it it honestly it, it was it was like pouring gasoline on a fire. It was that stupid and it was that arrogant. I could not believe it. For my team, my hometown team to be selling opposing teams fan gear in their team stores. I'm like, are you serious? I get that we have every single and, and fun fact about Safeco Field. Safeco Field is the only stadium to have a team store that sells every team's hat on their hat rack. Every other stadium, you're only going to see one team. But I respect the Mariners for them putting up the hats. I don't mind the hats per se, but it's for them to be selling, you know, Blue Jays t-shirts, Blue Jays this, Blue Jays that. That 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 was the ultimate backstab to me. Again, whoever, whoever decided to come up with that idea should be fired. I mean, Matt, your thought on that, bro. I mean, that that was that's just messed up. Yeah. He, you know, you, you got loyal fans. You, you can't screw the fans over. You got to treat the fans good. These are the people spending their hard-earned money, the people that are going to be in there week in and week out. I get you might make an extra buck out of it. I get it. I get it's a business. But – you stay loyal to your loyal fans. That's the right thing to do. You, you, you know, you're not buying 49er gear at a Seahawks game. That's Bush League. You don't do that. I completely agree with you on that. And in fact, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see someone at Safeco step up and kind of clean house with some of that stuff. I don't like seeing it. This is our house. This isn't this isn't the Blue Jays stadium. This is the Mariner stadium. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, to be truly honest, I mean, them selling Blue Jays gear basically made it a home game for these Blue Jay fans. That's what, again, that was the worst part. I don't think the worst part. I, I really don't think the worst part of this entire homestand with this Blue Jay series was the fact that we got outnumbered again. It wasn't that. It was the fact that the Mariners sold Blue Jays gear in their team store. That is, that's just, that's basically giving the finger to our fans. That's basically saying, you know, F, F our fans, we don't care about them. We just care about making money. And I get that you need to make money. I get that. But newsflash for you, Canadians have been coming here for years, and they've been spending money, and we, I've never once seen Blue Jays gear until this year. I mean, it, it's it's sad. It's truly sad that, you know, 
people in our front office decided to do this and decided to, again, basically give our fans the finger and say that all we care about is money. Because that's all they saw in this series was us making money. And another thing about this series is what is, you think it's hard on us Mariner fans who don't get to go to the game who get to see that? Do you honestly know how difficult it is on the players? I mean, Felix last year, he got up, he got upset and said, this is my house. He was upset. And you know what? I, I believe, I, I don't blame him. If I was a Mariners player, I would honestly call out I would honestly call out the Mariner fans. If I was Felix Hernandez, I would have called out the fans and said that this is this is messed up. Why are you guys allowing Again, this is what we did. We allowed this to happen. And I'm going to say this to our fans. I don't care if the Mariners are struggling. I don't care if you know, we're we're 15 games under 500. I don't even care if we're one game above 500. I do not. I I cannot stand for this to. I cannot stand. I cannot stand for us to allow Toronto fans to come into our house, our stadium, our home stadium, and outnumber us like that. All I saw on. The Mariners broadcast, I barely saw any Mariner fans there. All I saw was a sea of blue. And, again, we allowed, for the last three years, we have allowed fan, Toronto fans to do this to us. I've gone to two games where we've played the Blue Jays. The first one was back in 2012, and there was only about like 20,000 fans there. But I saw a lot more Mariner fans than I saw than I saw Blue Blue Jay fans. 2000, 2014, it grew. There was a lot of Blue Jay fans there, but there was a lot more Mariner fans there because we did not want to allow Toronto fans to overtake us in our own ballpark. I will say this: I'm thankful that we're not the, that that we're not the Tampa Bay Rays. Because I guarantee you, every game the Tampa Bay Ray fans should be outnumbered by the opponents' fans. Because it's, uh, I believe, it was just this past week the uh, the the announced attendance for one game in Tampa Bay was around eight thousand plus, and that's sad. I mean, that's truly really sad that the that the Rays fans don't care about their team anymore. But I'm going to say this to Mariner fans. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I care about my Mariners. I couldn't afford to go to the games. But there are people out there who can't afford to go to the games. I know you care about your team. I know you love your Mariners. Go support them. Go make sure that there's go make sure that you take one seat away from a Blue Jay fan. We can we're going to try this again next year. I hope to God in 2018 our fans, I, I hardly doubt it. I'm going to say this. I have very little faith in our fans that they're going to want to do this. Because, you know, I see so many fans getting pissed off saying, you know, it, I, uh, you know I'm sick that, that Blue Jay fans are overtaking us. Then let's go to the game. I will say this. I'm going to promise everybody I will be at all three games next year. If we, if we have a three-game series against the Blue Jays, I'm, all, I'm there every game. 
I will buy a ticket. I'm going to go there because I'm going to make sure that I take at least one seat away from a Blue Jay fan because I am not going to stand for this anymore. This has been three years straight that we have lost to the Blue Jays in our home ballpark, and it's been three straight years that I've had to listen to a basically a home game roar when we lose because there are so many Blue Jay fans in our in our ballpark. I'm done I'm done with it. I'm done standing with it. I'm going to, next year all three games I'm going to it. I don't care. I don't care what do I have to I don't care what I have to do if I don't have a job by then, I will work my butt off to get the money so I can go to all three games. I am not going to stand for this anymore. And I'm pretty sure Matt has the same idea. I mean, yes, he's in Arizona, but he's got the same idea. If he if he lived up here in in Seattle, he'd be he'd be going to all three games, so that way he takes he takes a seat away from a Blue Jay fan. Am I right, Matt? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 you know, before we actually get done with the show, let me get your take on everything that I've been saying about this Blue Jay series. You know, man. I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Absolutely, it's time for you know Seattle fans to step up. You know, you know, you know. A lot of people, you know, th- this is my take, and this is this is something that's worth talking about in the future. But you know, a, a lot of people, you know, I talked to in the sports arena, especially with Seattle, talk about you know, is it a football city? Is it a baseball city? You know, if you grew up in the '90s in Seattle, I mean, there there was nothing like going to the Kingdom and. Um, and you can make a good case for the Sonics too, but you got to show up, you know, if you want, you want to have a great team, you got to, you got to show up. You got to, you got to, it's, it's really disheartening. Yeah. You, you don't want to go there and, you know, see your, see seats of Mariners fans taken out by the opposing team and then, you know, and then add insult to injury by losing. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm right there with you. In fact, um, <laughs> if I can get it enough in advance, I'll see if I can, you know, come up there for the next homestead against uh, Toronto. I, I, I'm right in the same boat as you. I'd love to take a seat away from Blue Jay fan. <laughs> Might bring some friends too. <laughs> there you go, man. And, uh, you know, before we get done with the show, we got one more topic to discuss. This is going to be a quick topic, but, uh, you know, Matt's been saying, let's bring the NBA back to Seattle. Let's bring the NHL to Seattle. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this. With Ed Murray as our mayor and with the Seattle Council people that is in the office, that ain't going to happen. Because Ed Murray, he doesn't care one bit about Seattle, neither does the council, because all they've been doing is been trying to say, let's renovate the key arena, let's renovate the key arena. The NHL has already said, hey, we'll give it a shot. We'll put a team in there. Mm-hmm. But how many times do the N- does the NBA have to st- have to shove it down your throat and say, we will not put a team in that arena. They have said that numerous times because I'm going to be honest with you. The key arena is a dump. It's been a dump for years. And you know what? There's, there's, you go to Thunderbird games and say that this isn't, that, you know, Seattle can't be an NHL city. I mean, Give me a break. You should see how many Thunderbirds fans are here. We love our hockey. We love our hockey. And we love our NBA. But I'm also going to say this. If we get an NHL team and we have the Vancouver Canucks down here, you better purchase a ticket because I don't want to get outnumbered by the Vancouver Canucks fans. That's the one thing I don't want to do either. Um, 
And if we get an NBA team here, go to the games. Because I will I will say this. During that last year when the Sonics when the Sonics were losing, we didn't have we didn't have any fans turn out. We barely did. It was only during the last couple months of the season that we had fans turn out because they knew that they were on the verge of moving. Don't do it because of that. Go out because you want to support this team, no matter how bad they're losing. I will say this. I would still go to a Mariners game if the Mariners were to lose their first 20 games of the season. If they lost every game of the season, I'd still support them, and I'd still say that they're the best team in baseball because I'm a true fan. And that's the message that I'm trying to send out to people here. And that this is the message that I'm going to also keep keep saying. Or Here's the thing. I may be very irrational on Twitter, but you'd be surprised at just how much how much love I have for the Seattle Mariners. I love the Mariners to death. I love the Seahawks to death. I love the Sounders to death. I love every single Seattle team to death. And I am saying this. We need to turn out more. Because it also kind of upset me during the Twin Series where we were getting to 500 and everything. We were playing good ball. And we didn't even have 20,000 fans turn out. I mean, come on, people. We need to have them turn out. Also, one more thing that uh, I'll say before Matt gives his take is uh, I posted this on Twitter a couple, or I believe last night, and I'm going to say this. Do you want to know why I don't go to the pen and watch Mariner games? Because people in the pen don't care. They don't want to watch a ball game. They don't care about. They don't care that they just spent, you know, between twenty and forty bucks to get into the ballpark. All they care about is drinking and socializing and getting drunk. That ain't baseball. To me, the pen is a stupid thing. And I think that there should be a limit to 50 people in the pen. Because I'm going to say this. If you just go to the, if you just go to the Mariner game just to go in the pen and drink and socialize, guess what? I got news for you. It'd be cheaper to go out to the bar next to the stadium. If you don't want to watch the game, don't come... Don't come to the game. If you want to drink, go out to a bar and drink. Don't come to the – I mean, yes, the Mariners are, are getting the money, but don't come to the stadium just to socialize and not even care, not even watch the game and just get drunk with your friends. That ain't what it's about. How about go to your seat? You could go to your seat for a better view. You could watch the game, have some beers with your buddies, and still talk. But, you know, don't go to the pen. That's the, That's why I don't like the pen. I don't like the pen because – it, 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 it's a terrible, it's a terrible place. It's a place to where people who go to the games don't even want to watch the games go, and it's a waste. And you know, it's it's their prerogative if they want to waste their money on that. But but this this is my take on that. I I don't like the pen, because every time I see people in the pen when the root sports show it, I don't see anybody. I only see the people up front, the the the, the real front watching the games. Everybody else is just BSing and drinking and socializing. I mean, yeah, you go to a game to socialize, but you know what? You you also go to a game to watch a game. I guarantee you, there there's not one fan when they go to a Seahawks game that's socializing and not even paying attention to the game. Maybe during halftime, but not during the game. And Matt, before we get off the air, man, I do want to thank you for joining me. I hope you can join me for another one, but... I do want your take on everything that I just said right here as well. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. You know, it's, it's a real pleasure to listen to you and uh, you know get a lot of insight on uh, what's going on in Seattle sports. Um, 
you know what? Bring them back. Bring back the Sonics. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Um, Seattle will be a great city for NHL hockey. There's no doubt in my my mind. Um, but you know what? Like you said, um, the current council, it's, uh, it's not looking really good. And uh, it seems like... Every time there's progress, there's, a, there's two more roadblocks. And, you know, if the fans are serious about bringing a team back to Seattle, um, they they got to they be a little bit more, um, more aggressive, I think. You know, it's been, it's been nearly a decade, been nearly 10 years since we've uh, lost the Sonics. And, you know, there's, we got a great guy in Chris Hansen who's proposed a great idea. It's in a great location. And, <laughs> we're almost at the finish line there and I, I'm just kind of floored how, uh, you know, just one little, uh, idea to renovate the key arena that could be done in potentially five years is really, <laughs> this is the best we can do, you know? Um, so I, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see fans step on the gas, get involved, do a little research online and, you know, see what, what you, you know, what you need to do or what we can do as fans to really push to get a basketball team back in Seattle and get an NHL team here. I mean, it really sounds like we're going to get a hockey team here first when we do build the arena. And I'm happy with that. It sounds like a lot of fun. I just watched the Stanley cup finals and man, to be able to have that in Seattle, that'd be great. And I, I think that, uh, you know, it's just time to really step on the gas as fans and really start pushing because uh, every roadblock just keeps telling us to be patient, be patient. Well, we've been patient for a decade. I'm tired of being patient. I want to, I want an NBA team back in Seattle. I want a hockey team in Seattle. And I, I don't think that's asking too much. Nope. It's not asking too much, my friend. And that is going to do it for Seattle sports talk podcast. Again, it's great to be back on the air and Matt, I hope you can join me next week, my man. I really yeah. hope so. Cause I, I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed having you on the on the show and it's even more fun when you have somebody to talk to, talk about these sports as well and talk about these issues. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and, and I'd love to do it again. All right. So next week, since the Stanley Cup playoffs are done, and and again, congratulations to the Pittsburgh Penguins for beating Trashville and their catfish throwing fans <laughs> for winning back to back Stanley Cups. And this is Mike. Signing off saying, go Mariners.